0: like, no, not again. Good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? Awesome. Y'all are getting better and better that every day. It's only been two years of me saying that. I'm going to move this out of the way in case I get crazy today. Man, I'm excited about being here today. Leo, uh, thank you so much for those words this morning. Uh, David as well. Um, and just such a good reminder of our dependence. Man, there's a lot more y'all in here than I were when I sat down a while ago. Nice. I hadn't even looked up yet. It's, it's so good for us to be reminded um, of our need of dependence on the Lord, that we need to wait on Him, that we need to, to sit at His feet. Um, today, as we begin, I, I want to say, first of all, sit up in your spirit. I hope you all got, a lot, got plenty of rest last night. Um, we set all the clocks forward before we all went to bed. And At one point, I told Bethany, I was like, hey, let's, let's go to bed. She's like, it's only 9.20. I was like, no, it is 10.20. Let's, let's, get, let's get this done. So, uh, hopefully you guys are, are um are rested up this morning, but my, my hope for us today is that all of us get a word from the Lord. Um, I've noticed as we've, as we've kind of walked through the first chapter of Hebrews, uh, uh, I joked with myself and, and with others about this a little bit last week. You know, last week we covered, I think it was like 10 verses in one Sunday. Um, prior to that, we did one verse per Sunday. Uh, and guess what? This week, we're going to do one verse today. But that's going to be the nature of this study, because uh, we're going to see the author of Hebrews give us these great reminders of experiences that Israel had with God, and then he's going to make some application. And so today we're at one of those points where he is giving a warning. And we're going to look at that today, and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about one thing, and it's that that tension tempts us to turn away, okay? That's we're going to be our focus for today. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, You know... In our lives, we face a lot of different scenarios that tempt us in a lot of different ways. Um, But all of those, typically, what comes with that is tension. And I don't know if you've thought about that. I certainly had not thought about that a lot prior to today, but often when temptation comes, there's tension that is a precursor to that temptation. And so today, as we look at our passage in Hebrews, the author going to address that tension and then he's going to give us some tools to deal with it. So as we, as we dive into our scripture this morning, we're going to start with a story. I'm going to share some things from my life, an area where I feel a lot of tension and I'm tempted to, to do things that I shouldn't do. Uh, and then after we do that, we're going to talk about um, why it's important that we address it. But we're not going to get to that till next week. The why is super important. We're going to talk about that next week. But today we want to spend our time just focusing on the tension and how God can use that to empower us to defeat temptation. Not through our power, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to key in on that one idea today that tension tempts us to turn away. You're going to hear me say that a lot. Okay. Tension tempts us to turn away because I want us to remember that phrase, okay? So October 2019, I went to um, PEI, which is the Petroleum Equipment Institute. Um, My kids call it the NAC show because it's in conjunction. It's the National Association of Convenience Stores. Um, And you've heard me describe it as Halloween on steroids, right? You go into a convention and anything that is sold in a gas station, they are giving away for free, okay? Okay. So just imagine going into the convenience store and they're like, yeah, you can have whatever you want. Would you like 12? Okay, great. Um, And so we, we love that trip. What I haven't talked about before is that prior to the opening of the convention hall every day, there's a series of classes that you can go to. And if you've ever been to a convention of any kind, they all work the same way. Our convention, this one that we go to, is in the world of petroleum and convenience stores. And so the classes that are offered uh, are in that vein, right? And so there are three, four, five classes that are available each day and you go and pick which ones you want to go to at each time slot. And, and if you've been to a convention before, you know that sometimes some of those classes are really exciting. You're like, yes, I can't wait to get to this one. And then there'll be the next block and you're like, I don't, I'm not really interested in any of these, uh, but I guess I'll pick one because I'm here. Well, that was the case in this class I'm about to tell you about. It was a case about defensive driving. Um, which is not something that I get real excited about. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, my family might disagree and think that dad needs some more defensive driving skills, but it wasn't something that I was really excited to go to. So I go to this defensive driving course, um, and it's not what I expected. I've been through defensive driving training classes at work. We have to do that. It's part of our regular training schedule. But what the guy was talking about this time was not the things you shouldn't do. What he talked about was the result of when we do what we shouldn't do. He began to to tear open the wounds of the loss of a teenage daughter because someone else was driving distracted. And as I sat in this class and this man is tearing open his heart and reliving this moment in time where he lost an incredibly precious person in his life, I realized that I was beginning to cry, and I'm not a crier, and I felt ashamed, but then I started, you know you know that thing whenever, when the preacher says, bow your head, close your eyes, and everybody's supposed to, but you're going, you're looking, you know, to see who else is raising their hands? That's what I found myself doing, and as I looked around the room, I realized that I was not the only one in this room of predominantly grown men that had tears in their eyes. And, and I realized that there was some tension in my heart. Because I know that I shouldn't drive distracted, right? Fiddling with the radio, talking on the phone, texting, all those things are distractions. We're aware of that. That's not the focus today. What I want to focus in is on the fact that there was tension in me. Because here I am in this room with other men crying, but there's this tension of, yeah, but, if... If my phone buzzes, what if it's a client and I miss a sale because I didn't respond? Or what if it's a church member who needs something and I don't respond? Do you see how ridiculous that sounds? Do you hear me? It's ridiculous to think that those things are more important than my life or the lives of the people that are on the road with me. Can we agree on that? But yet, there's tension in my heart. The tension rises up in me. Okay, and follow me here. At that moment, when that tension arises, there's tension between what I know I should do and what I want to do. Because what I want to do is I want to check that notification. I want to tune the radio to a song that I like better than the one that's on. That tension tempts, tempts me to turn away from what I know is right and is good to do what feels good. You tracking with me? Attention is pulling me from truth toward perceived importance. We all experience that struggle between truth and a desire to do what will please ourselves. Right? I know I'm not alone in that. The root of what we're dealing with is a desire to make ourselves happy or responding appropriately so that others will be happy with us. I know that we all struggle in in this similar way, but it may manifest itself in different ways. For example, some people um, find that tension with family or friends. Perhaps God has called you to make a change in your life, and you know that. But as you begin to unfold that for the people that you love and respect in your life, they disagree with that decision, and there's a moment of tension there is a moment where you are pouring your heart out saying these are the things that God is calling me to do and they say you're wrong. And now we sense tension because I have a choice to make. Do I obey God or do I have my, my family and friends happy with my life choices? Sometimes we feel that tension when God is telling us to do something difficult. When God puts a call in our life and we know it's going to be costly. We know that some of the things that we want to do, we're no longer going to be able to do because we're being obedient to God. And in that moment, we feel tension. A tension between what do I want to do versus do I really want to obey God? Sometimes we experience that tension when we compare our lives to other people's lives. God's got us on a path and then we look up and we look at the other people in our lives and we go, you know they're so much happier than i am. i wish my life was like theirs. and so you start analyzing their life and your life and then again we find that tension of yeah, but i know god's got me on this path. why does my life seem so much more difficult than everybody else's around me? are you feeling that tension this morning? can you identify with that? you may realize at this moment as we are as we're moving down this path that you're not the only one that feels that tension. often tension that's tempting us to turn away from God is is difficult. But here's the truth of it, guys, is it's not new. This is not a new phenomenon. This tension is something that every living person has experienced. It began with Adam and Eve when Satan snuck up to them and said, did God really say? And he created this moment of tension in their lives. This tension is the focus of what the author of Hebrews is calling our attention to today. Look at me with, at verse 1. This is Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. The author says, for this reason, and remember that th- this is a sermon that is being preached and then someone's writing it down. So I want us to hear it today as it was probably addressed. I'm not going to speak Greek because I can't, but we're going to do it in English. Okay? He says, for this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not... Drift away. And so when we see words like for this reason, we have to think about why is he saying that? Well, think about what we talked about last week. The struggle. He opens this book reminding the church that God has spoken in many times and in many different ways, but now He has spoken through His Son. And there's this argument that is going on amongst the Jewish leaders where they're trying to convince these people that are followers of Christ that Christ is not the Messiah, that He is simply an angel. And remember us talking about the tension that existed in their lives because they lost everything in order to follow Christ. And they are living in this tension. And so the author is saying, remember, remember for this reason, The weariness that comes from losing so much at times can be overwhelming. And Jesus knows that. I really appreciated Leah this morning pointing in and keying in on the fact that God knows. When life is hard, God knows. When life is good, Jesus was there. He is aware of that tension. He has experienced the tension. But church, we are in danger of drifting away if we give in to that tension. And that is the warning that the author of Hebrews is giving us today. But here's the good news. God's given us tools to deal with tension and temptation that we face in our lives. The author of Hebrews shows us two of these tools. The first one is that we deal with tension by paying attention. Track with me here. One of the ways the enemy pulls us away from God is by making tension seem normal. See, the reason I wanted all of us today, I gave all those examples of when tension enters our lives, is because I want us to see, God wants us to see that we are not alone in feeling that tension. And we need to pay attention. There's a great example, if you've ever read Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, in the very beginning, I believe it's in chapter 3, Screw tape writes a letter to Wormwood. Screwtape, if you haven't read it, is the demon that is training Wormwood, okay? And he's telling Wormwood, look, I know he's become a believer, but it's okay. We still got time to work. He says, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to, to emphasize all of the little pinpricks between him and his mother. He's instructing Wormwood to intentionally create tension between this man and his mother so that neither one of them can focus on God. Again, it's an attempt to pull us away. Church, we weren't created to live in tension, but Satan tries to convince us every day that we were. He tries to normalize it. Paul addressed this tension in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24. Excuse me, 24 through 27. This is one of the cross-reference passages that were in our text today. Paul says this, Don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race? But only one receives the prize. Run in such a way to win the prize. Now everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we have an imperishable crown. So I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or or box like one who's beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I I myself will not be disqualified. Church, we fight this tension by being intentional and by working against it. We pay attention, just like the author of Hebrews is pointing out. We cannot be passive in this process. If we are passive, eventually it's going to cause us to drift away. If we ignore the tension and do not address it, it will pull us away. That's what the author of Hebrews is warning the church about. He says, pay attention so that you do not drift away. When we make the decision to fight against the tension, we are pursuing God's desire for us and His Holy Spirit that lives in us is going to empower us to defeat that temptation. This is not something that we do on our own, but we do play a role in it. That's why Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians that we ought to run the race like we're going to win it, not like we're just trying to compete. We play a role in this. We cannot do it alone, but Jesus said that He would send a helper. Instead of Jesus walking beside us, He now lives in us. And so we all have access to Him at all times. And we deal with temptation by surrendering ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And church, when we see that, that tension, when we address it, when we're paying attention and we are trying to, to defeat it, we're working with God and He's going to make us the ones that are victorious, because we're pursuing the thing that He wants us to pursue. Our will is in line with His. But church, this is not an automatic response, and therefore we have to be intentional. It is not automatic for us to just simply deal with tension. We're automatic in moving away from tension often. The second way we deal with tension is by remembering what God has done for us. The very first thing the author of, author of Hebrews does in the beginning is he reminds the church that the Lord speaks to his people. He wants them to know that, the, that God is interested in their lives and he's interested in speaking in a way that they can understand. He wants them to understand that it's God's desire to reveal himself to his people and to be active in their lives. When we meet tension that tempts us to turn away, Our response ought to be to remember how God has revealed truth to us in the past. And the result of our obedience is we walked in that truth. That's why the author of Hebrews is saying, pay attention to what? To the things we have seen and heard, right? We see that phrase over and over and over again in the New Testament. Because it's so important for us to remember the things that we have seen and heard. There are other specific examples of this in Scripture. Another one of those cross reference passages from Hebrews 2.1 is Joshua 24 through 27, or chapter 24, verse 27. And Joshua said to all people, You see this stone? It will be a witness against us, for it has heard all the words the Lord said to us, and it will be a witness against you, so that you will not deny your God. Prior to this passage, Joshua has all of the whole nation of Israel in front of him. They've begun to conquer in the land, the promised land that God promised them. And Joshua is saying to them, look, guys, there's some temptation on the way. But I want you to remember, God has delivered us from Exodus. Think about the things that he has done for you already. And as we move into this new land, there's going to be temptation for us to to worship false gods and you know why joshua's telling them that because joshua knows them remember what happened when moses went on the mountain to get the 10 commandments he was gone a few minutes too long and they made a, a calf to worship he knows their inclination to want to worship something and so he's reminding them of the things that they need to remember When we remember the things that God has done in our life, it changes our perspective on where we are right now. So Joshua gives them a way to deal with that tension. He takes rocks and he builds up a little altar and he says, these rocks are going to be witnesses to us and to God of the things that he has done in our life. So this morning uh, I carried this bucket up and, and David said, I don't know what you're doing, but you got my attention already. So it's a bucket full of rocks. It's real heavy. Um, So Joshua takes these rocks. They were all over the ground in an arid region like they were. And he began to to stack these rocks up. And we've used these rocks once before church. We used them. uh, Many of you were not here, but many of you or some of you were. Um, When we started the gathering place, we took these rocks and we laid them out on the altar as a reminder of our commitment that we're going to walk into the promised land as God has called us. And this is our promised land. It's in a church where we have the freedom to pursue the Lord. And however that looks, our goal as a church is to remember the things that God has told us. And so here we see that same reminder again. That Joshua is stacking up these stones. He's stacking them up so that when people see these stones... They remember what the Lord has done. Listen, every one of us is going to face temptation. Every day, when you wake up, you walk out the front door, probably even before you walk out the front door, you're going to face temptation. And this is one of the tools that we've been given, is that we can pick up these rocks, these moments in our lives, where we know that God has worked and He has acted, and we can use that as a reminder God is with us, and He is working on our behalf. So what do we do when we begin to feel stress and tension building up in our lives? Where do we go? How do we deal with that? We do it in a couple of ways. The spirit, this, this Scripture has given us some great tools. It's, we engage our minds, okay? When you wake up in the morning, and the devil starts to attack, and you begin to feel that tension, here's what you need to do. You engage your mind, and you pay attention you use the power of the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you. When you feel that tension, address it. Say, God, i got this tension in me. I know something's coming. Help me figure this out. We remember, okay, when you get up, when you face that tension, you remember what God has done for you. And you gather together with a community of believers that can encourage you. Look, there's a reason that God has us set up our church in the way that it has that we have these life groups a big part of the reason for that life group is because when we feel those tensions in our lives and this I don't know about your life group but this happens all the time in mine something's going on and we're feeling tension and we we address it we talk about it we're in these smaller groups so that we can be vulnerable with one another that can't happen here on a Sunday morning I mean, it can in some respects, and we have had moments of of vulnerability and authenticity here on Sunday mornings. But it's, let's be honest, it's difficult in a setting this big, right? So God's given us yet another tool to deal with tension in our lives. He's given us a group of people who love us and who know us. And when we're facing that tension and we're trying to fight the temptation... Not only do we have to remember, but as we share those things, as we vocalize that tension, it's addressing it. It's drawing attention to it. It's helping us see it better in our minds. And then those people that are around us that do life with us, that know us well, can remind us of the times that God has addressed tension like that in their lives and in our own. Because the enemy wants to put blinders on us. He wants us to feel like we're the only ones who've ever felt that before. And it's a lie. And so one of the greatest things that we can do is to address those things together. This intention and temptation are not going to be escaped while we live on this earth. One day, like in Revelation says, Jesus is coming back. And then the temptation and the tension is going to be gone from the world. we're We're going to be living in peace and in joy. But until that time comes, it's here. And so we as a community of believers have to figure out how to deal with that. I want to remind us again that God's placed the Holy Spirit inside of us, not not just to be there, not just because it feels good, because He is active and working in our lives, and as we face tension and temptation, we're going to need that power, because we can't fight it on our own. So we've got to draw on the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the most significant reasons that we live in a community is so that we can work together to deal with those tensions. I can't uh, address that enough. If you are not doing that in your life group, and I'm talking to you as people, not as life group leaders, if you're not using that time to address the areas of your life where you're feeling tension, you're missing out. It's difficult. It's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard for me to stand up here and tell you about a time I cried in front of a bunch of other people. But it's good. It's good for us to do that. It also gives us the opportunity to encourage one another. Listen, if God is speaking something in your life, we'll just use a job as an example. If God is speaking for you to take a job, and maybe it's going to require you to move somewhere. Or maybe it's going to be a a cut in pay. I don't know. Examples could be endless. And you're struggling with that. Man, what a great opportunity to take that to your life group and say, Hey, look, this is going to be hard for me. Please pray with me about this. Walk with me through this tension. Because as we address it, we can defeat it. We can get past it. Allow yourself the opportunity to release that tension in a way that's good. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm feeling that tension, just saying out loud what's bothering me is incredibly helpful. There's an actual physical thing that's happening in your brain as you talk those things out where synapses are connecting and you're getting to understand it in a better way. You can dig down to the root of the tension so that you can understand how to deal with it just by saying it out loud. Listen, as I said earlier, we are not alone in experiencing temptation. We are not alone in the fact that tension tempts us to turn away. It was happening before the book of Hebrews was written. It was happening when the book of Hebrews was written. And it's still happening today. And so if we were to look at the scripture and not address the fact that tension exists, we're missing the point. The author of Hebrews is drawing our attention to the fact that there was tension in the lives of the people that he is preaching to. And he's saying, pay attention, be on guard. Each and every one of us has to face temptation every morning when we get up. As we walk through our day, it's always there. None of us are alone in experiencing tension in our lives. And the enemy would love for us to forget that. But I don't want you to. God doesn't want you to. We need to see that that tension can be a useful tool in our lives. Glenn used to talk about all the time that when something went wrong in his life, that it was a kind of a a spark to say, okay, God, what are you doing? And I'll be honest, it's not always my first response, right? It's probably not yours either. It's difficult to get ourselves in that mindset. But what if when we begin to see this tension, what if... That became a flag, a marker of the fact that the Lord was working in your life. What if that tension, instead of being something that we dreaded and that we pushed away from, it became something for us to press into and figure out? Our lives would be different because instead of running from the things that are painful, we're running to the tension and saying, God, what are you trying to address here? Help me figure this out. We can deal with it and move on. And I don't have to feel this anymore. Right? All of us need that, and we certainly want it. We don't like tension. Stress is not fun. Yesterday, I was cutting down some trees by the house using a lift. And if you were to just walk up and I'm in a lift way in the air with a chainsaw in my hands and ropes and all that stuff, you might go, Wow, that looks like a lot of fun. Let me just tell you, it is not a lot of fun because we were directly over my house with a brand new roof. And if I drop a big limb on my house, guess who's getting all the blame? This guy, that was not fun, but it was necessary, right? Tension in our life is not fun, but it's necessary. Instead of seeing that tension as a, oh, no, something big is about to go wrong, what if we began to see that tension as a, oh, cool, look what God's doing in my life. Or, I don't know what God's doing, but something's about to happen. Let me see what's going on, God. Let me in on this so that I can experience it with you. Tension tempts us all, but it doesn't have to turn us away from God. I read years ago, and I don't remember where this was, that a a marker of spiritual maturity is that when things go wrong in our lives, when we sin, a marker of spiritual maturity is that we would run to God and not away from Him. You see, the enemy puts that tension in our lives in an attempt to make us back away, back away, and back away. But what I'm proposing, what Scripture is telling us, what the author of Hebrews is showing us is that when we see that tension, that ought to be our cue to step in and get a little closer and ask God what He's up to and look at it together. Tension can become the catalyst that all of us need in our lives to turn our brains on and go, oh, I see what's going on here. When we begin to see tension as an opportunity to pursue God and we understand why we should, everything begins to change. But we're not going to talk about the why today. That's going to be for tomorrow. But church, I want to, want to close with this. Is that temptation is real. And tension is real too. And we see each one of those every day in our lives. And the author of Hebrews is reminding us that when we feel that tension we ought to pay attention and we ought to remember the things that God has already done in our life and the lives of the people that we know and we love. When that tension shows up and we feel like we need to back away, church, let's remind one another that's not the time to back away, but that's the time to press in and ask God what He's doing in your life. Let's pray. Father, tension is difficult sometimes. And it's hard. God, I know that there are people in this room today that are struggling with tension, that have areas of their lives where things just don't make sense, where the things that they think ought to be happening are not happening. And God, it is so tempting when that happens for us to pull away and to think if I just ignore this, it'll go away. But we know that that's not true. God, I ask that you would give us the courage and the strength through the power of your Holy Spirit to press into those areas of our lives. As painful as it may seem, pull us in. Help us to see the root cause of that tension and allow you to address it in our lives. Father, it is by doing that that we're going to come to know you. and Through that, we're going to come to know ourselves. God, please help us to see the truth in our circumstances and not be blinded by the lie. Jesus, we ask all of this in your name. Amen.